my name is Phil Chapman, and I serve as one of the pastors here. Uh, what a great privilege it is uh, to serve the Lord, uh, not only on Sunday, but on a daily basis, to worship Him uh, in many ways. Reverend Billy Graham, who many of you guys are probably familiar with, uh, he tells of a time early in his ministry when he arrived in a small town uh, where he was going to be preaching a sermon. And he had a letter that he wanted to get mailed out. And so as he's driving around looking for the post office, he saw a young man uh, walking along. Um, and maybe, maybe about the age of Geo. And, and, and he asked the young man, he goes, can you show me, uh, point me to where the post office is? And the young man said, yeah, no problem. Pointed him in the right direction. And, and Dr. Graham, he thanked him. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll come to the Baptist church this evening, you can hear me telling everyone how to get to heaven. Well, the young man thought for a second, and, and then he replied, I don't think I'm going to be there. You don't even know your way to the post office. <laughs> well, today, uh, today I'm going to be uh, sharing, and I have the privilege to share how to get to heaven. And in fact, and if you catch me after the service... I could point you to the Shabana post office. I know right where that's at. We had quite a week at Vacation Bible School. Uh, uh, the, the theme was actually pretty, pretty cool. Uh, it was an agency. I had the privilege of serving as Agent Chapman and Phil. And I, I would change outfits four times each day. Uh, we were twin brothers. And uh, they knew, I think, that I was the same person. But uh, I think some of them, even my son Reggie, was starting to question it a little bit. Um, we, we had so many people to thank for that, uh, for a great week. Not only people praying just uh, for our opportunity to have the energy to, to serve those uh, uh, just under 40 kids that, that came in these church doors, uh, but uh, just to really make sure that the activities uh, we're top-notch. Uh, so I tried to make an exhaustive list, of, uh, and, and it was amazing to think about all of these people uh, that were serving. Nathan, Sharice, Lisa D., Lisa M., Carol, Naomi, Sherry, Jacob, Dylan, Maddie, Julie, Tiffany, Bill, Jeremy, at the movie night, Dave, Mark, Gary, Tom. Uh, we, we just had a lot of people involved in... in uh, making our Vacation Bible School uh, so effective. And I, I'm so thankful for that. Can we give them a, a round of applause for serving the Lord that way? Our VBS, we talked about three main things. Uh, three main things. Uh, that, and as, as we were spies, we wanted to look into all the evidence. Before we dig into those, uh, I want to go to our scripture uh, for today. The scripture for for the VBS was, was 1 Peter 3.15, talking about defending the word. But today we're going we're gonna to dig into God's word in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, one more time of exercise, if you're able to, uh, if you'd stand with me as I read 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 3 through 11. Starting with verse 3, for I delivered 
This is Paul speaking. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, and as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you are glorified in all that we say, all that we hear. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I really want to look into three things today during our short time together. And these are three things that we looked at all week with the kiddos. The first is discover. We want to discover who Jesus was. Who, who was this Jesus character uh, that, that, uh, that's talked about in Scripture? We wanted to dig into the Bible and, and see what evidence that we could find. We wanted to look to see if there was evidence pointing that Jesus is the Son of God. Second, we wanted to decide. We wanted to make a decision. After we've had a sincere look at all the evidence that we've dug into, we wanted to decide on our own, individually. We didn't want our moms or dads making the decision. We didn't want our brothers or sisters making the decision. We wanted to decide on our own, and that's the utmost importance. Is this someone, is this Jesus person, is this someone that we should be bowing our knee to? Is this someone that we should be following? And finally, we wanted to defend. You see, all good spies, after they've done their homework and dug into the evidence, they've discovered all that it, they, they have found, and then they finally made a decision to go one direction or the other, they want to defend what they've learned. It's, it's your opportunity, your privilege, uh, your, your obligation to defend the faith that you have given your life to. Let's start with discover. As I look in this one chapter in the Bible, in this one single chapter in the entire Bible, it's amazing to see what Paul, the author of the book, truly lays out and he's laying out what it means to be a Christian. He's laying out, uh, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, he says, Jesus died for our sins, that he was raised back to life, and he appeared to many. Everything in the Christian church, everything in the Christian life is based on the fact that Jesus came back to life, that Jesus was resurrected. That, that, that's absolutely crucial. It's our ultimate point of discovery. And this chapter does a great job of helping us in our investigation to see who Jesus really is. See, Paul goes into great detail to explain 
that Jesus appeared after his resurrection. In fact, he gives us eyewitnesses who had the opportunity to see him alive, see him dead, and then see him come back to life. Paul gives us that list where he, he digs into individuals, and then he digs in and, and he says, he even appeared to 500 people at one time. These eyewitness accounts are huge. I'm going to talk about three, three of the individual witnesses to really hammer down our point of discovery. Because it's amazing to think about when, when, when you have people who are going one completely different direction and then they see and they understand that the resurrection was true, how their lives change forever. How their lives change forever. These three I want to talk about are the, is the coward, the unbeliever, and the persecutor. So if you're making notes, that's, those are three good little topics that we're going to talk about. The coward, the unbeliever, and the persecutor. First, the coward. This is the first person that's mentioned in this chapter uh, with whom Jesus appeared to after his resurrection. It was Cephas. We know him as Peter. Do you remember the story of Peter? Do you recall the story of Peter? Remember, uh, Jesus was saying uh, in Mark 14, he, Jesus was saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go die, and, and, and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna take me. And, and Peter said, no, they're not going to do that. And you know what? I'm never going to leave you. And Jesus said, oh, yes, you are. You're, you're going to deny me. You're going to even deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. He said, I will never deny you. We, and we jump down in verse 66 where, where it talks about uh, where uh, a girl was questioning Peter and he said, wait a minute, you know that guy. This is after he, uh, he was, he was uh, put in jail and, and, and captured and, and, and Peter, Peter goes, I, I don't know him, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, we'll, we'll pick it up in, in verse 67 and seeing peter warming himself she looked at him and said you were you also were with the nazarene jesus but he denied it saying i neither know nor understand what you mean he was cowarding he was cowarding verse 69 and the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders this man is one of them but again he denied it and after a little while the bystanders again said to peter certainly you are the one of them for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me. And he broke down and he wept. He broke down and he wept. He was cowardly. He was, he, he was embarrassed. He was scared. Uh, of his belief, uh, of what he thought was the truth. But he wasn't sure then. He was being questioned. Peter considered himself a coward. And after Jesus died, what did Peter do? He hid. He ran. He was scared, just like all the apostles. They were scared. They've been serving with Jesus for, for the three years. Their, their entire future 
had Jesus in their future. That, that's what they, they saw, the worldly Jesus by him. And so now, what, what, what's your world going to be like? Uh, what is it going to look like when you don't have Jesus? With Jesus being dead, they didn't know how to move on. He thought, maybe, maybe I'll go back to fishing. I know fishing. Maybe that's some, something that we do. Maybe, maybe sometimes we get in a funk where, where I just, I know this Jesus guy. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't want to serve him. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to mess with that. That's, that's too, too messy. I'm not, I'm not sure. My, my, my family doesn't think that's too cool that I, I'm talking about Jesus or that I go to church. You see, Jesus returned to Peter and he revealed himself to a man who, who was a coward when a little girl was questioning him. And Jesus does that for you and for me. Some of us know the truth about Jesus. Some of us know what the scripture says and, and we're, we're clear. We're, we know that he's the son of God. We have the, the knowledge of that. And we even know that he came for sinners. Like you, he came for sinners like me. And then he lived a perfect life, that he died, that he, he could be a perfect sacrifice and we believe that he was raised from the dead. Yet we are scared to admit it. We're scared to admit it. And, and, and we don't want to admit it to anyone, including ourselves, many times. We're, we're nervous that if we admit that truth, that Jesus is the Lord and Savior, that our lives are going to be different. And let me tell you, let me make one thing as a fact for you today. Your life will be different. Jesus did come for people like you, and he came for people like me. And, and, and he doesn't care about all the baggage that you have, because he's going to meet you right where, where you are. Just like Peter, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. Peter denied even knowing who Jesus was. Point blank. Denied him. After spending three years side by side in ministry with him and he denied him but when we least expect it god will come he will come by our side and he'll come in our lives and he'll change us forever the second person is the unbeliever is the unbeliever and this one actually is one of the most um, amazing ones through my study that that really affected me and, and, and really uh if if I'm sharing about who Jesus is and, and, and what he really stood for, this is the, one of the greatest pictures of, of, of what a Christian is. In this list, Paul provides for us in 1 Corinthians, he says that Jesus appeared to James. Jesus appeared to James. Most theologians believe that James is the half-brother of Jesus. If you look in John chapter 7... John chapter 7 says uh, the, the brothers have been witnessing all these miracles. Jesus is half-brothers. They've been witnessing all the miracles. And, and then finally, it, it says in John 7, for not even his brothers believed in him. His brothers didn't even believe in him. 
James and, and, and all of them, they, they didn't think he was the anointed one. They didn't think he was, he was uh, the holy one. Can you imagine? I have three brothers. I can imagine if my brother came to me and, and it's like, no, no, seriously, Phil. I, I, I'm the son of God. What? You've lost your mind. Yeah, you, you, in, in that time, they, they had certain rules and regulations that they were following. And, and even the brothers became embittered because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. I believe it was in John chapter 5. And, and, and so the brothers just thought, yeah, our brother's doing some crazy things. I don't know, but I, I think he's lost it. They didn't believe in him. They didn't trust in him. We can be confident that James, along with all of his brothers, they weren't at the crucifixion either. Hardly any of the men were at the crucifixion. They're nowhere to be found. So after spending an entire life with Jesus, side by side, and, and then watching his ministry, and, and seeing the miracles that are happening, still doesn't believe. Still doesn't believe. So why did Jesus choose to appear to James? an unbelieving family member. Well, I can only imagine the, the scene. James is walking, and all of a sudden, about a week in, into after the death of Jesus, Jesus appears to James. James probably dropped to his knees. Like, I am so, so sorry, Jesus. I had no idea. And you know, Jesus, this is totally from my speculation, Jesus probably reached his hand out, grabbed James's hand, and lifted him up. Because Jesus won't, won't, won't allow us to stay down. He won't, he'll, he'll help us get back up on our feet. And, and James, even though he was an unbeliever, Jesus appeared to him, out of nowhere, and he changed his life forever. It says James and all of his brothers believed later on. It talks about them being there with Jesus in the final times. He, he became, James, became one of the central figures of all of the early church. One of the central figures, Acts 15, talks all about it. Galatians, if you go to Galatians 2.9, it says that James was one of the pillars of the church. This unbelieving man who didn't deserve anything, just like you and just like me. We, we, we don't deserve the grace that God has given us through Jesus. We don't deserve it. But Jesus loves us. And Jesus will come to us at a time that he chooses. And maybe, maybe you, or maybe because of your faith for Jesus Christ, your child, who may be downstairs right now, will become one of the next pillars of the church who are share, who's sharing God's word in dynamic ways that we can only imagine. And James teaches us one of the most important lessons of all Scripture. 
Believing. Believing on Jesus. See, James, he believed on Jesus. John 20, 31 says, These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by, by believing you may have life in his name. There's a difference in believing in Jesus that he existed and a difference in believing that Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God. Many, many, many people, even the demons, believe in Jesus. But do you believe that he was the Son of God, that he loved you, that he cared about you so much? Do you believe, and are you willing to bow your knee to Jesus as your Savior? Our third person, our final person, is the persecutor. The persecutor. Verse 8 of our text talks about the persecutor. The persecutor was none other than Paul, the author of 1 Corinthians. And Paul sat by, and he, and he provided uh, his uh, approval over the killing of Christians. Think of that. That he was approving the killing of Christians. He wanted to rid the world uh, of these crazy people. It, it, it consumed his mind. Uh, one, one author that I read said that Paul, probably he would be that annoying guy who always is talking about the same topic, whatever that topic might be, you know, where they just keep talking about it, keep talking about it. Okay, I've heard enough. Thanks. And he kept talking about, let's get rid of these Christians. We got to get rid of them. We're going to do it systematically and we're going to eliminate them one by one. Paul, he could not stand what they were doing to, to their religion. So how in the world did a guy like Paul get on this list? Why would a, would a, a, a murderer get on this list? Why, why, would, why would somebody like this, why wouldn't Jesus just eliminate them? But why, why wouldn't, wouldn't he just allow Paul to just continue in his ways of destruction? I, I don't want anything to do with you. You see, it's just like the other examples, isn't it? Jesus comes in our lives when he wants to. When he wants to come in our lives and change our lives, he's going to come in. Jesus died for each of us, and he knows that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Remember that God demonstrated his ultimate love for us, that while we, and in this case Paul, while, while he was a sinner, he still died for him. Jesus went to the cross for Paul. Imagine that. He went to the cross for you. Some 2,000 years later, he went to the cross knowing you were going to be here. We see how a person who didn't believe in Jesus, he could be changed. Paul didn't want anything to do with Jesus. But on that road to Damascus, a killer of Christians was changed. And thus, one of the most crucial people in the early church was given an opportunity for ministry. If Jesus didn't come back to life, we wouldn't be here. Vacation Bible school wouldn't exist. 
our history of the world would be completely different. Because these scared apostles, these scared eyewitnesses of the resurrection, they wouldn't have given their lives. But because Paul, because James, because Peter all called upon the name and says, I love you, Lord. You are my Lord. Romans 10, 13. What does that say? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. 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 Doesn't matter what you've done, what you haven't done, what you've said, and what you haven't said. It matters. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you call on the name of the Lord? Do you call Jesus your Savior? If you do, you'll be saved like these eyewitnesses. You see, we can be sure that all these eyewitnesses to the resurrection have provided us proof that we can ultimately decide that Jesus truly is the Son of God. Do you know that many of these eyewitnesses gave their lives? That they, they went through horrendous pain and suffering because they proclaimed that they loved Jesus. Many of them were, were, were killed because of their love because they would not denounce the name of Jesus. And yet, Peter was denouncing Jesus' name uh, from a girl who was asking, a little girl who was asking him. And yet, they all went to their death in, in some fashion, except for John. They knew that what they saw, what they experienced, what they taught. Yes, they discovered the mysteries of salvation. And when they decided to serve Jesus, they accepted the challenge and the opportunity to defend his cause. You see, we have discover, decide, and defend. And that's what we try to do here at Village Bible Church. We try to do that on a daily basis. We want to teach from God's word. We want to equip believers to defend their faith. And we want to do it in such a way that only one person is glorified in the end, and that is Jesus. Let's go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're thankful for your love. We're thankful for who you are. We're thankful that you give us the opportunity to bow our knee to you. Thank you that you give us scripture that we can discover all your truths. Thank you for giving me the opportunity 20 plus years ago to decide to bow my knee. Thank you for the opportunity for all of us to have the opportunity to bow our knee and to serve you. Please continue to help us to defend your word, to defend uh, your love. We love you, Jesus, so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen.